I don't ha- I don't have anything against CM Punk, but that that dude needs to have a fucking beer or something. Look, I I know that like I know that I know he's like says straight edge or or whatever. But for God's sake, you know, <laughs> he's in recovery. Yeah, he's he's in recovery. Hey, CM, did you uh, did you take some gummies before you had your uh, little scrum press conference? I did. It. <laughs> From Television City in Hollywood. The following rustic exhibition requires discretionary viewer participation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 116 of GFA Live. I am your host, Peter Winson, and today we are marching forward towards SummerSlam 92. We'll eventually get there. Maybe King Charles III will still be around by that point. It's just regrettable that the Queen, Elizabeth II, did not live long enough to hear the GFA Live podcast of SummerSlam 92. But, eh. What are you going to do? So while you're waiting in line to see the queen, oh, wait, they, I think they probably stopped doing that. Well, might as well continue listening to this because it's been a wonderful journey and there's nobody I'd rather have on it than my amigo, my compadre, my best friend in the whole world, my ambassador to the United States, Mr. Keithy Langston. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, Pete. I just came back. Uh, believe it or not, from the Queen's uh, funeral, I was a special guest. Uh, <laughs> I, I was actually asked and to go in lieu of our former president, uh, the Orange Cheeto. So uh, it was a bit. It was it was really wonderful. It was um, it was moving. And uh, to be honest, uh, I had a little conversation with King George the Third, and uh, not King George. What's his name? King. <laughs> King George the Third. That's a, that's. A, I'm, I'm sorry for laughing. I, I laugh when I'm nervous. You know, <laughs> King Charles the Third. That was great. Uh, he um, he told me that the Queen was a big fan of our show, and uh, she was always very excited, and she was looking forward to hearing our thoughts on uh, the main event and just how Davy Boy was fucked. So uh, hopefully we can. Uh, hopefully she's listening from beyond. <laughs> cool. I I heard, and and this is from a source that I'm not going to reveal, that when the Queen passed away, she, at the time she was listening to GFA Live, and was on that show from a couple of years ago where you suggested that maybe do not doing Savage Steamboat at WrestleMania three was uh, the right call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and eventually she 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 dropped her monocle and shed her mortal coil. <laughs> She shed loose this mortal coil. She went, oh, Lordy Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love how we're a week and a half behind on that. I mean, you know. Well, right. I mean, Let, what else are we going to do? Last week was a COVID show. So yeah. I was sitting on a bed. I was using the wrong headset. All the levels felt weird throughout the show. Well, and I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but she hadn't died yet. So, right? I don't know. Did she? I don't know. Now I can't uh, remember. Yeah. It, it feels like she died three years ago, but it I mean, actually well, wasn't she, that long. Probably. I mean, let's be honest. That it, you know, for people in America who are obsessed with the royal family, it's kind of like, why? 
I mean, they're not our royal family. I mean, shit, she's not even descend. She's like not even a real descendant of the person that last ruled us. So, you know, I guess, I guess, what are you gonna do, huh? She had passed uh, then. It was she died on September eighth. That show was on September tenth. Mm-hmm. Or no, no, it was September. It was the eleventh because we did it on the Sunday because I was complaining about that Orioles punt lineup that uh, ah yes, Brand Brandon Hyde submitted. I will say she was a very attractive woman in her youth and. No, I'm not. I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to say anything rude or anything like that. I think she was a very attractive woman in her youth, and apparently she had like quite a sense of humor. It's funny. This is like, you know how like usually when somebody, <laughs> I'm sorry, I was expecting you to say something different. No, no. Well, I don't. I want to. I don't want to disrespect the, the the recently deceased. Um, you know, but uh, not not at least her. I mean, I I heard that she was actually had a pretty good sense of humor and shit like that and you know would make goofy comments from time to time at like at those events and stuff i mean you gotta do something i mean what the hell else is she gonna do she can't be sitting there on a freaking cork the whole time but uh my favorite video i don't know if anybody's seen it or not is there's like some video where they're at like some event and they bring out cows and she just you see her go like cows like that it's it's a really funny picture of like video of her so you know all right is she <laughs> well all right all right p to the uh to the latest of the great elizabeths to pass away <laughs> well uh, I, I know we already did the whole bit but uh, again i'll say you know it is just sad when they go young like that when they go <laughs> hey I, I gotta play the greatest hits album before Come on, we, huh? we get, get in get into the actual wrestling here today That's right oh wait we're doing wrestling tonight yeah it's 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 a big show now we only had two options for the event centers, or at least, or at least I only looked at two of them. And we're going to do the New York one mm-hmm. because, well, it doesn't have commercials. But we we did the MSG event centers last week, and I I kind of want to see if Vince is getting lazy again. If ninety two Vince is just rerunning uh, promos from the week mm. before, and I'm sure I'm sure we'll get into my own trip from can to Canada last weekend. And your apparent upcoming trip to Canada. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Very excited about that. Very excited. Very excited. On, on, on your behalf, yes. Mm-hmm. So we just monitor it quickly for any changes in the uh, in the opening sequence. It, oh, looked like, it looked like there was a picture of Savage like pointing towards the camera that wasn't mm-hmm. there before. Yeah, nice. I like the outfit he has on, too. I like Savage's 92. I feel like he, he really went deep into the color scheme, the neon. Like, he, he was a man of the times in 92 with the the Trapper Keeper version of Savage, I like. Yeah, he... I don't know. When he changed... Actually, when he changed to NW, I mean, NWO felt pretty plugged in where it was just, you know, the black and white and everything. Yeah. Yeah, and as you get into the later '90s, that made a lot more sense. So of course, Savage is in the NWO, even though I don't know. That's a that's definitely a conversation for another time. Whether that was the right call to put him in that group, I mean, it ended up making Diamond Dallas Page. But I will, uh, it, yes, and that is the only reason that you can even justify Savage being in the NWO is that he had that amazing feud with Diamond Dallas Page. However, he probably could have had that feud with Diamond Dallas Page anyway, because there's, don't don't forget, there were still WCW heels 
And I think that yeah. that would have been that would have been something that maybe <laughs> had worked. Savage would have had to join up with the Wrath and Mortis group in order to be a heel in the WCW <laughs> canon of the yeah. time. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah, Savage and the NWO was the dumbest. Was probably one of the dumbest decisions. Um, I mean. Maybe also having Michael Wall Street in there as well. I don't know. <laughs> no, they kicked him out. They kicked him out. Remember, they were like, "This was not a valid." It's the weirdest storyline of all time. I think it was basically like, "Look, we can't have the guy who was IRS as a full member." Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, and that, well, that, and then having NWO Japan as a separate group. I mean, well, there's so many things wrong with the NWO. Well. First is expanding it beyond three people. That's, that's has, my opinion. Has that ever been talked about on a wrestling podcast? Uh, <laughs> that the, the issues with the NWO angle? I no. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we should. Maybe we should do an extensive uh, collection of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh my God! From your lips to God's ears, the, like starting in like August of '96, we just watched WCW C and D shows. Oh. <laughs> Oh, no. hope you li- ho- hope you like Sergeant Craig Pittman. <laughs> <laughs> oh he, boy! Uh, just on those shows, he's getting the Iron Mike Sharp '83 push, where it's like, oh yeah, that that that's a thing that occurred. Yeah. That's the pr- that's the problem with you is that <laughs> I say something like, oh, the that'd problem. be great. We should <laughs> the problem. <laughs> that's the problem with me. Yes, the problem with you is I say, oh, we should do a nice, we should do like an extensive look at the WCW NWO issue. And you go, great, we'll do it by watching everything but Monday Nitro. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, we're not watching A shows except for superstars. Like We're watching, I, we're watching pro. Oh, and we won't watch the prime because you won't let me watch the prime. So you'll make me watch Thunder, uh, Power Hour. Oh no, Power Hour was over by that point. But like, we'll have to watch Main Event, Pro, Saturday Night, Worldwide. <laughs> I, you know, I, I would be interested in a podcast where we just sit down and watch uh, 96, 97 WCW Saturday Night. I would, I, I would, that would be okay. That would I'd, be okay. I think I'd be done be. with that. Saturday but, Night was still good, even into, even up until like really the end. But but we're stuck in this time loop where we're we're watching the same shit week after week after week. We can't get out of fucking ninety two. This 91, is ninety two. We are going to get out of Worcester after this week because this is the last show on Worcester. this taping. Worcester. So yes. And uh, the one thing about Perfect and Vince is the last couple of weeks they've had these unusual cold open intros where it's like mm. last week Boss Man comes sprinting out to his music right at the yeah. top. Yeah. And then the week before, uh, Warrior gave his uh, 90-minute State of the Union address at the beginning mm-hmm. of the program. Which I thought it was really weird that he spent a good chunk of it talking about tax inflation. I, I, I didn't understand, but, you know. I thought it was weird that he turned to the camera at the end and said, Live from New York, it's Saturday night! <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the Ultimate Warrior hosting SNL? Holy shit. I mean... Here's that a question. Milton would Pearl it, levels of bad. I was going to say, would it have been worse than the Steven Seagal episode? Ooh, yeah. The, Ooh. Yeah, the Seagal episode in that early 90s era, late 80s, early 90s era, is is definitely the worst one. Mm. But 
So here, here we are at the Worcester Centrum again, and because of that, we haven't gotten any any tidbits from about Worcester. Not that Vince was doing that at this point, or mm. you know, National Cow Tipping Week, you know, <laughs> one of one of those deals. <laughs> one of those deals. WWF Superstars! I'm Vince McMahon, standing next to allegedly the hottest property in all of the World Wrestling Federation. All right, Mr. Perfect, will you be in the Ultimate Warriors Corner at SummerSlam? Or will you be in the Macho Man Randy Savage's Corner at SummerSlam? We're the one week away, so give it up. It's so funny how they never po- quite ponder the possibility that it could be neither. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you would think Vince would have said, I know Gorilla probably would have said, I don't think he's in either corner, what do you think about that, Brain? I mean, <laughs> Vince never gave up, Vince never broke kayfabe at all. <laughs> Gorilla would have said that Perfect was a fountain of misinformation. You, yes. You have, you have to put it in Monsoonian terms, mm-hmm. or Gorillian terms, I don't even know how that would go. Um, I like Monsoonian better. <laughs> <laughs> Or gorilla. You really want to know yeah. whose corner I'm going to be in? I know everybody out there wants to know. Whose corner are you going to be in? I'll tell you whose corner I'm going to be in. I- I'm going to be in... You really want to know whose corner I'm going to be in? The whole world is waiting to know. I'm going to be in the corner of... I'll tell you whose corner I'm going to be oh, this in. Is fucking All right, terrible. you ready? I'm going to be in the winner's corner. <laughs> I'm going to make this transaction the perfect transaction for the perfect SummerSlam because I'm Mr. Perfect and everything in my life is perfect. I am really looking forward to doing shows again where Mr. Perfect is not doing this. This is terrible. He's legitimately bad. He's gotten legitimately bad at it. Yeah. Why? Like, New England Patriots offense levels are bad. Hey, now. I mean, yeah, I didn't watch the game on Sunday, so I'm kind of talking about... Baltimore Orioles lineups when Pete goes to visit that. (laughs) Yeah, I did throw that in at the end of the last show. uh, Me complaining for a minute and a half about, about the Sunday punt lineup. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we're off with a banger. Oh, yeah, with the uh, Beverly Brothers and, uh, oh, and, and Repo Man. Do they not let, they don't let Lanny speak? Yeah, it looked like Lanny was going to read a poem there, but instead they went right to the super, uh, the super hygienic team of the Bushwhackers and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Mm-hmm. Yes, as I commented, there was many snots around this team going. <laughs> Three. Look at that snot in Duggan's nose. Three men who carried flags to the ring in the fall of 1988. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be at different we'll, flags. We'll give you a hint which one of them. If one of them you won't believe. That's that's like that size that one of those uh, one of those clickbait. Uh, yeah. These three men carried signs in '98. An 88, one of which you won't believe. <laughs> my my favorite one of those, uh, I'll just call it like the internet bullshit ads. Yeah. Is 
Like, it was a picture of, like, Richard Simmons from, like, 25 years ago, and yeah. it just said, you'll grab a tissue when you see Richard Simmons now. And I'm like, what does that mean? Why am I grabbing, why am I grabbing tissue? <laughs> it's because he changed, Pete. He's no longer as handsome as he used to be. Mm. Oh, uh, the battering ram. Oh, look at this. It's a super battering ram. Yeah. It's it's also disappointing to see Duggan and Repo Man on opposite sides since they made such a great team at SummerSlam '89. They did. Yeah. Ding. This is quite the shine segment for the uh, for the hygienists here. The hygienists. Well, we got to give them a name for when they enter the Shikara King of Trios 1992 tournament. That's that right. Didn't exist. <laughs> That's my buddy. <laughs> That's, my, that's my buddy. I definitely don't like uh, having Wayne Bloom selling that much offense that early in the match. No. It's it, now at this point in Raw, we would have already been through two commercial. Look at the <laughs> mullet on that guy's head. Did you see that mullet? Good lord. Yeah, that was. It was like levels of um, Joe Exotic. That was that was tremendous. Yes. And I, and I actually just, I, I just blocked the uh, screen. Yeah, you just blocked the screen. I couldn't see what happened. But yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, what, what what was I just saying before this? Um, <laughs> shit, I got I, distracted by the mullet. Um, <laughs> you know, when you were doing your bit earlier about going to England, I I thought for sure that it was going to be Lord Alfred Hayes reporting live from the Queen's funeral. <laughs> Who said that we're not going to have that later on? Oh, okay. All right. Thanks for ruining everything. No. No, All, right. No. All right. All right, then. then. All right, so, then. So, sorry, I, I get a little little spacey when I have had anything to eat. <laughs> well, you know what you could do? So I have a breadstick. Yeah, I could. <laughs> well, I told you earlier, as soon as you picked up, I said I, I took two gummies earlier. So I'm a little, uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling good in the neighborhood. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> And you didn't—you didn't even go to Applebee's, but we have been to Applebee's in the last two months. We so. sure have. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, we, oddly enough, Bar Chris wanted to go to Applebee's for his birthday. Who would have thunk it, huh? <laughs> he wanted an ultimate margarita. <laughs> hey, I got—I had no issues with that. Uh, no, neither did I. That, with that particular establishment. By the way, we got the heat segment now with the uh, with the Beverly's yes. working over Butch. Butch. Um. No, but I, it, it's funny how when we went, so for that birthday party, we went to an escape room, yes. and uh, you you and I got separated, which I think we were both upset about, because it was like, why would you separate us? And they, I think we were forced to be separated. <laughs> no, 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 they were separating all the spouses, although maybe they figured that you and I were common law spouses, because we podcasted over 300 hours together or something. Well, at this point, I think that counts. <laughs> According to the laws of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Yes. Look at Duggan, huh? That was not exactly the greatest back elbow in the world, though. No, he was letting... I don't even think he was letting... He wasn't letting any of Pan know. Ah, the battering ram. Multiple battering rams. Well, say this. Say this for the bushwhackers. They were not spot monkeys. Oh, I know what I was saying. I said if this was Monday Night Raw, we would have gone to three commercial breaks by now. Yes. That's okay. what it was. Yeah. But just true. Jesus Christ, what happened to the video here? 
Yeah, yeah we've kind of. I feel like Max Headroom is going to pop up any second. <laughs> you are watching. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. We have a scroll. Yeah, I can when... tell the scroll's coming in. Ah, oh, he hit that. That's my buddy. He hit him with the scroll. <laughs> yeah. How were you able to see that? Oh, wow. All right, it's not a clean win, but... I see everything. We get to hear the Beverly Brothers theme. That, you, that you're the only person in the world who hates. Hacksaw Jim Duggan cleaning house in there. Unfortunately for Luke, he was lambasted by that metal scroll. <laughs> he was lambasted. He was lambasted. V Vince has such a way with words. We we may have to switch videos if uh, if this thing doesn't stop shaking the way that it has been. Oh oh, there it is! It's straightened out just in time for the update segment. And lo look who's on the cover of the uh, magazine that mm -hmm. month. Yeah, very important person for us. Yeah, go oh, the the lost Anderson brother, Mister Grandpa Shango. <laughs> Satanic black magic, sick shit. <laughs> He's on the show later, so I probably could have saved that drop for then. But. I have a question for you before we get into this segment. Yeah. The Beverly Brothers were billed from Shaker Heights, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Why were they named the Beverly Brothers? <laughs> that I, I, Nothing about it makes sense. The gear, the fact that it's, it's two dudes from Minnesota, mm -hmm. and I know why they picked Shaker Heights. It's well known as like an affluent suburb of... Cleveland. Oh, okay. But, but but why that? Like, why not Beverly Hills? Well, like, if they're the Beverly Brothers, doesn't it make sense that like, if you're gonna do like a blonde bombers thing, say they're from like Hollywood, California, or, or... right? That's what I'm saying. <sighs> I mean, when you were growing up and they came out, did you automatically know that they were the Minnesota Destruction Crew or Minnesota Wrecking Crew too? Or did you think that they were from Beverly, Massachusetts? No, I, I knew <laughs> that would have been funny if they if they were like like roast beef vendors from from the North Shore of Massachusetts. That would have been a gimmick that I would have gotten into. Sure, wouldn't have fucking made a lick of sense to anybody around the world, but to us, they, they would be, fucking, they would be our heroes. They were roast beef vendors. <laughs> That's a riot. Now. Um, no, I, well, I knew exactly who they were because I had seen them on AWA on ESPN. So it, that's not even just seeing it in the magazines. Like I had seen these guys on TV, you know, in the, in the years before this in 89 and 90. Yes. So our update segment, I think is about the whole perfect wanting to be in the oh, corner of one of those. Guys. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was about just showcasing the stuff you could get in the 92, 93 winter catalog. <laughs> That would be great. Actually, the Beverly Brothers were going to come out as representatives of the Beverly Little League, which is the first and oldest Little League in Massachusetts. Just so you know. Boy, you, you've been at the ready with a lot of firsts with the whole Malden thing last week about them applying for the... Hey, there's things I know. <laughs> Wait, what happened there? Did we just, like, cut off Warrior in, like, mid-sentence? Uh, I don't know if there was something wrong with the video, but I think they just said Ric Flair came out and hassled the Warrior, and they just showed it for, like, four seconds and then immediately cut to last week with Perfect doing the same thing with Savage. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm okay with that. Something I'm sure you don't know. Savage. When who should come along? <laughs> oh, all right, that was a weird cut. <laughs> they went it right back to, cut. and he was way too prepared. But Mr. Mm. Perfect. Now I know we've been in negotiations night and day, day and night. But after Ric Flair talked to the Ultimate Warrior last week, the Ultimate Warrior called me. And for the past week, the Ultimate Warrior and Mr. Perfect have been in negotiations together. And I'll tell you what, he has made me an offer I may not be able to refuse. Oh, Folks, even <laughs> so many phone calls in the, the 92 WWF locker room. But like he even fucks up a friggin' joke about the Godfather. Like I may not be. That's not just say he made me an offer I can't refuse. Just say that. I think he didn't want to use the exact line. Yeah, because it would have been what gimmick infringement. They would have sued. Well, uh, I'll, Vince. Vince said that. This is 1992, Vince. He'd never seen The Godfather. That movie had only been around for 20 years. He had it only caught up to pop culture through 1965. Mm. <laughs> that's that's why a Repo Man. Uh, he was the Repo Man instead of the Milk Man because Vince had advanced past the 50s. But now we get to hear from the Ultimate Warrior. We we didn't hear from him at all last week. Good. <laughs> what do you mean, good? You he's know the, what? He's the star of our show, isn't he? Is mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, well, you know what you know what the ultimate warrior means. As I listen I to Ric Flair, <laughs> I'm sorry. The, I, I find I find his antics amusing this week for some reason. Sure. Speak the words that he's not wearing spoke, a singlet, macho yet. man. I begin to wonder and question just how far, how low you would go to retain the World Wrestling Federation title. It has already been publicly stated by me, by you, that you would do everything and anything to retain that World Wrestling Federation championship belt. And by me that I would do anything or pay any price to once again become the World Wrestling Federation champion. Everyone knows that with the perfect manager in their corner, there is a guarantee of victory. Now, macho man, you must ask yourself, I must ask myself, which one is willing to sacrifice the warriors, the macho maniacs, to have all I can say, macho man, and to those that will witness what will happen at <laughs> I believe in front of 80,000 people, I believe as the World Wrestling Federation. I mean, come on. He, he fucking went on for like 80 seconds there. And it's like every other guy in this company 
Mm-hmm. If they're if they're given this spot to can you know kind of explain you know what happened the week before, why does this guy get eighty seconds when he doesn't fucking make any sense? But like in the days when it was like Piper Hogan, those guys, thirty to forty five seconds in that spot. Hogan might get a minute, but at least give Hogan, me thousand dollars. <laughs> Hogan would be insane, but he would be insane in a way of like all right. We get what you're throwing down. You, you got a huge ego at three that, after what went down there. And, and we, we've just accepted it. But this guy, like, why does he just keep going? It's like, it could I really wish he would conclude one of his promos by saying, in, in closing, like that Bill Clinton speech at the 88 Democratic Convention when it was like, fuck, it's supposed to be just this quick nominating speech. And fucking 45 minutes later, he's still going. And the crowd pops when he's like, in in closing. <laughs> it's my favorite thing ever. I love that. I've brought it that's, up like eight times one. on podcasts. That's but. a pretty good one. Um, Am I out of line the, here? I mean, no, not. A, no, you'll never. You're never going to get me to <laughs> ever say that anything the warrior says is not just constant babble. I mean, the guy is a fucking moron. I mean, at the, at the highest order. What I find interesting, though, is that. Savage, I think, enjoyed being a heel, so it would have made more sense for Savage to turn because we already established fully that the most important thing in his life is the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship, so he would keep it at any cost, and that would be all of his fans. I don't know why they were always teasing this whole Warrior's going to turn heel. The fucking Warrior's never going to be a bad guy. Not on screen. He's a bad guy in real life, but not on screen. You know, yeah, and well, I mean, it never really happened uh, oh. where 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 they because it, it's really weird. This is the only time I'll ever make this comparison where the Ultimate Warrior and Bob Backlund have kind of the same like they same kind of protective thing of their own image. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing is that Backlund let it go at a certain point because he knew yeah. that. And also because his kid was out of school by that time, and it was like it, it was an issue of like I don't want my kid to get bullied because I'm a heel. Like that that was his that was Bob Backlund problems circa eighty three eighty four. But War, Warrior, um, yeah, I mean he was super protective, and I can respect that. But it's not like that character went to a lot of interesting places, in my opinion. I mean, I'd say that the most interesting, the most interesting feud that Warrior was going to get into that was entertaining was the Jake one, and then it never fucking got off the ground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But okay, so Sa- Savage is there. <laughs> Savage is. <ruining> it. <laughs> Sorry. Savage is there, and is he going to say that he's the World Wrestling Federation champion twice? <laughs> Because that's what this that's what this podcast is. We just go back and forth for a little bit in between betting on promos. But I, I, all right, he is. But I think it's one of those things where he's he is, but he's going to say it in that the way I said he's been saying it now, where he's like, "I'm the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champion going into SummerSlam, and I'm going to be the World Wrestling Federation Champion coming out of SummerSlam." You know, it's not like he he's, and that's kind of a cheat. Like I feel like that's a cheat. You know. Yeah, but if you if you want me to cut a promo as Savage, I'll be glad to. 
What, all right, uh, let's think of it differently. What is more likely, uh, Randy Savage, when he is WWF champion, to say that he is WWF champion, or Rudy Giuliani to mention 9-11 in a sentence? Oh, God. Oh, oh, that's a push. <laughs> that's a push. That's a, You can't bet on that. I mean, Rudy yeah. Giuliani has made a career. Rudy Giuliani was talking about 9-11 back in 2000. I mean, it was just, you know. Oh. Ooh, okay. That's some serious allegations. Why don't we just uh, why don't we just let Savage talk? Yeah. Why don't we just move yeah? on to Savage? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, warrior. I agree with you with one thing. Yeah. Whoever he is, the perfect manager virtually ensures victory at Wembley Stadium SummerSlam. Yeah. But I disagree with your sacrifice situation, mental reservation that you have that you have to sacrifice to the Warriors or I have to sacrifice to the Macho Maniacs because the Macho Maniacs need no apology from the Macho Man. They know who I am. They know what I am. And they know where I'm going. Seek and destroy whatever it takes my hand in victory the macho maniac supporting me all the way and the only thing that you gotta think about now is the apology that you have to give the warriors when you get beat at Wembley Stadium dig it hmm, he didn't mention it he must Jesus. have been given a note of some kind Look and look at this. Look at how far the mighty have fallen. Grandpa Shango gets the already in the ring introduction. <laughs> how I is know, it? Not even. Huh. Not even a real entrance. How dare they? Satanic black magic. Seriously. Sick shit. Yeah. This is sick shit. Yeah. What? Why are we? Why are we not? Uh, why are we not getting the full entrance anymore? Let's, is uh, there a way? For, do you think there's a way for me to buy an authentic Randy Macho Man Savage jacket? Um, probably, uh, they, they have to exist, but it's all dudes like Conrad who probably own them. <laughs> I want a savage jacket. <laughs> I'd wear <that> out. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe you could get one, uh, I, I don't know, I'm good. you know, I'm going to be down in southwest Connecticut starting tomorrow. Maybe I could break into Titan Towers and uh, pick up a new one. Yeah. For you, or pick up one for you. Maybe they have one somewhere. I want to know who hung up a poster of Papa Shango. Did anybody? There's probably a handful of people who are like, oh, this guy's, this dude's cool looking with the skulls and shit. A handful? A handful, yeah. A handful? There are dozens of us. Dozens. Never nudes, yes. I, I can't think that there's a handful. I mean, maybe. I don't even know if I don't even know if Papa Shango's kid had a fix had a poster of his dad hanging up. I don't know if uh, Papa Shango was in fatherhood at that point. <laughs> and and, and yeah, his squash match went pretty damn quick there. But I think that's because we're going to have a little uh, extracurriculars here in the post-match. Oh. See, before, he used to do it before the match. Now he's doing it after. And now oh. this is, he, and he's fighting Scotty Too Hotty right here, right? Yeah, that is correct, yes. Future future superstar, Scotty Too Hotty. Right, and, and there's going to be an interesting connection with what happens next, apparently. 
whatever happened here. <laughs> Here's a question for you. Did did Too Cool ever fight the right to answer tag team of Bull Buchanan and the Good Father? Oh, I would have to think so, yeah. <laughs> go go look that up while we wait for the run in here. <laughs> go, go look that Go look that up, you freaking gummy chewing asshole. <laughs> What's he trying to prove? It almost... This kind of has the feeling of like, oh, shit, the baby face is late to the ring to confront him. Oh, there he yeah. is! Oh, there he is! Brett was taking a massive shit. That's, that was what <laughs> No, was he happening. was hung up in Gorilla talking to Boss Man. <laughs> he was playing Tecmo Bowl with Boss Man and Taker. <laughs> it's always Boss Man. <laughs> So it, it is interesting because Brett is attacking Papa Shango, a man who would be in a stable with his brother years later. But all, but also you were talking about uh, about Too Cool versus yes. um, the, what was it? Bull, right Bull Bu- yeah, Bull Buchanan and uh, Goodfather. Um, well, there was definitely no Bret Hart versus uh, Godfather match because Bret was gone by the before that that came around. Yeah. But the connect the connection there is that Scott Taylor teamed with Brian Christopher, Jerry Lawler's son, and of course Jerry Lawler would be one of Bret's biggest rivals in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So. And to answer the question, uh, they had several several matches. Right to censor versus too cool. Yeah, yeah, that felt like a uh, like a WWF 2000 match that had been, that was probably run at least 15 times on Raw. Uh, oh, I have. Oh my God, they actually fought at SummerSlam 2000. Oh, it was wow. Bull Buchanan, Bull Buchanan and Stephen Richards and the Good Father fought Rishi, Rikishi, and Too Cool, <laughs> and then at the friggin' at the Garden they fought <laughs> in September what? of 2000. Uh, I, I love that we're watching 92, but we're getting SummerSlam 2000 previews. Sure. But, I mean, we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, <laughs> 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, I do a, 18. I want to do a pod where you just count to 300. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would that that would be the best possible podcast we could do. I I, I don't know, maybe four hundred, five hundred, two twenty, two twenty one. That's a no go. <laughs> Sorry, leave me alone. <laughs> oh look what day it is! Friday night, September eleventh. Well, yeah, we we did this last week. Oh, that's right, we did the matchup on the way to Madison Square Garden. And, and yeah, I'm still obsessed with my Mooney reactions to things, so I'll probably let that play. The question remains: Will the Macho Man Randy Savage be defending the World Wrestling Federation title when he meets Razor Ramon? Yeah, we get that question hanging in the air, and we got Razor leading off here. And uh, it looks like the the little lineup that I was uh, I was previewing the show for you. It, apparently, we're getting completely different promos. Hey. So I'll be caught Oye. by surprise. Oye, me, chico. Yeah. Early Razor, because Razor doesn't have a lot of time in this event center format. I mean, they did the face to face, but like 
you probably don't have a ton of Razor Ramon event center promos. No. Yeah. This was this was before he got that job with Family Feud where he started taking the surveys every week. Hey everybody, Oyame, listen to me. It ain't funny no more. There's only one man in the WWF man. who is dripping with machismo. Man. And it ain't Randy Savage. Oh no, it ain't. Is Razor Ramon. Sadly, this is the same promo as so last Savage. Do get Ramon. ready, man. Because I'm going to prove it to you and to all those stupidos in the arenas who think you so macho. Because you, Chico, are going down. I'm a, I'm a little bummed out that they ran the same promo, but. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like I like hearing from him. It's fine, but here a, a second Savage promo in the first seventeen and a half minutes. I also have no problem with because you know he's a top ten talker by any standards of all time. It kind of sucks that we didn't really get an extended Savage Scott Hall feud in WCW. I mean, really, it was just that one match. I think where. That one match where, you know, at Bash of the Beach. Yeah. And then that's, and then like Savage goes over to the friggin' NWO, like what, like three days later? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was at, no, it was after, I think it was January of 97, right? Because. Dickhead. Go af- to the fucking NWO. After Halloween Havoc 96, Savage wasn't under contract anymore. And. Yeah. That that was when the whole, oh, he might go back to the WWF and then all those, the weird stephanie stuff which which by the way i don't buy a word of that shit you know i don't know i i just i just don't buy it you don't and, think savage you don't think stephanie was a bit of a tramp back in the day no i'm not saying that but but i'm also not willing to go as far as randy savage was uh getting it on with underage stephanie it, Who do and, you- by, and by the way, Savage is pretty much the only wrestler who, who wrestled in the Memphis territory that I w- will actually say that didn't have sex with an underage girl. <laughs> who do you think? Who well, you I, think- I, I feel it's inappropriate. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I was going to say, who do you think got, who do you think slept with more WWE, WWF slash WWE superstars back in the day, Sonny or Stephanie McMahon? Sonny. Sonny got passed around that locker room like one of those big Bob Marley joints that uh, <laughs> that Bill Murray smokes in Caddyshack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, um, or you, well, you remember the line with his uh, with his brother, right? When he yes. when he does the speech, yeah, the speech that I was obsessed with a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Where. Um, uh, where, when he when he gives the when they have the fight out front, and the <laughs> his brother's speech. Yeah, 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 and, and smoking it, grass. <laughs> poor caddying. I, think I just I want to apologize. <laughs> I want to apologize to Paul Levesque, uh Triple H. I I mean no disrespect to your wife. Um, you know I I respect I respect Triple H and everything that he does. Yeah, but that wasn't in his administration. That thing should have been settled during Vince's era. 
during Vince's. That's, this should have really been taken care of during Toots Mont's era. All right, we we can't we can't bet on the Savage promo because they're probably just rerunning the one from last week. But okay, That's as a sign of respect, I, I I let him talk. Razor Ramon, ticket. You know I've seen him come and I've seen him go, and I believe that you're on your way out already as fast as you're coming in because you're talking some uh, yeah heavy stuff that I don't think that you can back up. But just in case you can, you're going to get the chance, Razor Ramon. And let me introduce myself. Yeah, I'm the macho man, Randy Savage. Not just Randy Savage, but I'm the macho man, Randy Savage. And I wouldn't normally brag about it, but since that you're putting me to the test about it, I'm willing to back it up. A million percent. How do you like that? Yeah. You're going to have something oozing out your ears, and it's not going to be machismo. No, it's going to be called something else. Yeah. And I'm the type of a person, just to tell you straight up, that Razor Ramon, come get the macho man, Randy Savage. You're not going to want me when you test me. Going to the macho man, the belt is where it is going to stay. He faces Razor Ramon. Well, Sean Mooney understands what Savage's priorities are. That was not the that was not the same Savage promo as last week. I don't think. No, I don't think it was either. Oh, we get to go back to prime time for uh, a thing in the back with Jimmy Hart and me, Gene Oakland. All right. Yeah. Now Gene is good at these things, but honestly, when I see Jimmy Hart all excited there. I wish it was Lance Russell because Lance Russell and Jimmy Hart were a uh, better comedic duo, mm. I think. Than, uh, but, but I, I'm I'm sure Gene will give us something here to he some sort of fodder. All right, we are back. With me at this time, the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. What do you want? I did it, baby. Listen, what have I got a scoop for you? If you got a weak heart, baby? Oh, listen, let me show you the contract right here. Who is the smartest manager in the World Wrestling Federation of Wyoming? Excuse the contract. It's a little wrinkle, a little worn, baby. I'm so excited, but dig this. What a tag team matchup this is going to be. Oh, one side of the ring. Get your glasses on. Come on. This is big news, baby. Those glasses that Gene Oakland is wearing. Those are ladies' frames. That's the one you sent me, the lady frame. Oh, yeah, that's I did send you that picture, and I was like, why does this say Gloria Vanderbilt Collection? <laughs> Good Lord. Whoever was doing Gene's fashions around this time, holy shit. I think it was Linda. Person. <laughs> I think it was Stevie Wonder, for God's sakes. Oh, one side of the ring. Brian Knobs, Jerry Sags, my nasty boys, and look at the tag team that they're going to face. The Ultimate Warrior and Randy Macho Man well, Savage. No, 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 that, I did it. That, that can't sign. be. They're going to be meeting in the main event at SummerSlam. Yes. I'm going to have to check yes. it. We'll get this verified and pass that information along to you. All right. Okay. So that's the next show that we'll be doing is the SummerSlam Spectacular. Oh, good. Yeah, which will, uh, yeah, that from, from the USA Network. I mean, we had so much fun with last year's version, the, the 91. That, yeah. That why, why not? Mm. Uh, and in the ring now is Crush, and he's taking on a fellow named Jeff Daniels, but I want to see if you recognize who it is. Oh. Oh, so it's not Jeff Daniels, the actor? Yeah, it is not Lloyd Christmas, no. But it, it is somebody that you will know and love. 
also who may have been on the SummerSlam 2000 card, We're wearing uh, purple trunks. Okay. Oh, and Crush is uh, is he gonna try to finish this uh, already? He he looks like Barry Horowitz, but it's not Barry Horowitz. And and apparently we're not gonna get a close up so that you can even harken a guess. Harken, harken a guess. Harken a guess. Senator Tom Harken a guess. All right, hold on a minute. Let me see if I can figure this out. Yeah. You can't even see the guy's face. Yeah. He well, he's got a beard. He's got, he's got a full head of hair. And uh well, All right, you can kind of see him there when he got put up in the in the torture rack there. Uh Okay. So, no guess. Hold no on. Guess all right. I got I got to look at Can I look at the SummerSlam 2000 card? <laughs> I don't I don't know if he actually was on SummerSlam 2000, but I know oh. he was in the company, if oh. that gives you any sort of hint. Is it Val Venus? It is not Val Venus, no. Um, was it Steve Blackman? It is not Steve Blackman, although Blackman did work uh, uh, in 89 or 88 WWF <laughs> in a yeah. weird match where he was teaming with like Outback Jack and ba- Brady Boone. Hmm. Hmm. It's not Steven Richards. It's not. What? Well, anyway, I just scrolled through the SummerSlam 2000 card to maybe save us a little bit of time. And uh, he, in fact, was not on the card. Um, I, all right. Who is it? It's Perry Saturn. That's Perry Saturn? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, well, if you think, if you just, just wait till what's coming up next after this oh. match. Oh. It makes sense that it's Perry Saturn, because Perry Saturn trained in Malden. That's right. And they're at the Worcester. Ev- they're at Worcester. Ev- ding. Everything comes back to Malden with you. <laughs> like, oh, did you know that, like, the Declaration of Independence was uh, originally signed in Malden? A lot of people don't know that. Philadelphia got the credit. You know, I'm sorry that I'm sorry that you know I'm sorry I have some factoids about the city I grew up in. City pride. Um, yeah, I had a lot of pride in my. Si- you know what? He looks a lot different with with hair. I think that's yeah. confusing me. Yeah, that that definitely threw you off. So, Crush is doing the uh, hand thing, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, yeah, I just hit pause here at the twenty one twenty three mark, just to point out, and out uh, that that is. Uh, New England wrestling legend and podcast legend, Mr. Mike Crockett, <laughs> on uh, on a WWF TV show. <laughs> now, this is on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing's YouTube channel. So I've known oh, about okay. this for a long time in this episode of Superstars. So, yeah, he's the kid in the Red Sox hat who's making the crush uh, motion, you know? Very, very good. <laughs> I mean. A legend. Of, of all the things you could be caught on camera doing. It's probably in about the 45th percentile of embarrassment. So it's not too bad, but, you know, it's not the greatest thing in the world. I should ask, next time I see him, I'll ask him if he has that shirt still. <laughs> Massive Crush is presently preparing for truly an international event. In front of the world, he will step into the ring with Repo Man. He's already stepped into the ring with Repo Man in an international show. Don't you guys know that Demolition worked the... 
work the SWS tour. Come on. That's right. Come on, Mooney. Why don't you why don't I you mean, read the dirt sheets? Why don't you why don't you give us some real information, on, huh? Mooney? You know, like that Malden was you know, settled by Puritans in sixteen forty on land purchased in sixteen twenty nine from the Pentecook tribe. Just wait. He'll he'll be working for Channel Four soon enough, and he'll he'll give you that kind of information if it is pertinent. SummerSlam. Na- well, you folks here in the tri-state area, yeah. as you know, it's named after Malden. It's named after Malden, England. <laughs> oh, Malden, England. Yeah, it's spelled differently though. In the main events, if the Macho Man prevails at SummerSlam, he will defend the World Wrestling Federation Championship against Razor Ramon. They throw everybody off the scent by saying, well, if he prevails at SummerSlam, this title match is happening. But the title match doesn't happen, even though he keeps the title at SummerSlam. So I guess he does lose. He doesn't prevail at SummerSlam. So it isn't a title match. So I guess Mooney's all right. I guess Mooney's right. He out- yes, you're all right, Mooney. You outwitted me this time, Mooney. <laughs> but <laughs> fool me once, shame on me. Or shame on you. You, out- you outwitted me once. <laughs> you are worthy adversary, Mooney. Also in singles competition, Shawn Michaels will battle it out with Virgil. Let's get more on that rap oh, we are yes. talking about. <laughs> All right. So this what is a, good. A Virgil promo <laughs> with the checkbox. <laughs> Yeah, Virgil is Virgil is uh, early voting, and he has voted for Urgil. Urgil, Urgil, Urgil. We've been doing this for so long that, like, we remember the prior set of promos where it was Sean versus Virgil from March of '92. Now, sure, we're cycling back to this, and it feels good because it's it's Virgil and Sherry on opposite sides. Yeah, and uh, the you know from her time with DiBiase, yeah. Now, will Virgil reference a rap song or any sort? A, will Virgil re- reference the the title of a popular song during this? No. Okay. Because I know, uh, obviously, this journey started with the "Mama Said Knock You Out" promo, so we know that Virgil was sometimes fond of that. Mm-hmm. But let's see. Hope you can see these punches, Shawn Michaels, because when they hit you, they're going to knock you right down. I hope that sensational Sherry brings you a full-length mare, man, because I'm going to beat you from the tip of your nose to the tip of your toes. And I'm going to hit you so hard and so many times. You're going to say, Sherry, Sherry, where did I get hit at? Where did I get hit at? So when I finish beating you down, I'm going to turn to Sherry. I'm going to say, Sherry, check this out. Don't you think that I'm a sexy, sexy, sexy man? <laughs> okay. That was that was A something else, Virg, Virgil. All right, Mo- Mooney's reaction there. I mean, he, even he appears stunned. But, I don't but, know why Virgil kept pulling. Like he he looked like he was Jim Neidhart pulling his beard that whole time, <laughs> but he didn't have a Jim Neidhart beard. I don't know what he was doing. Hmm. I'm a sexy, 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 sexy man. Okay. <laughs> I want to hear what Mooney has to say about this, since you know I'm obsessed with that. If after SummerSlam, Shawn Michaels needs more of an attitude adjustment, Virgil will be more than willing September 11th. He He's not even, he doesn't even have that move in his arsenal. Come on, Mooney. Good <laughs> Lord. You're going to read the fucking dirt sheets? God, 
Come on, huh? I love how I go back and forth between praising Mooney as a demigod and <laughs> complaining that he's the trashiest guy on television. <laughs> oh, well. Let's watch the 92 WWF for you. I'll tell you that. Mm. They face the Beverly Brothers. That encounter will oh. be for the tag team belts. Nice. Oh, yes. All right. Beverly's in Lanny. All right. Will Lanny get to talk? Oh, yeah. Well. I don't know. He usually talks up front, and his mouth is. Sh- <laughs> well. Uh. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Lanny's usually talking with sign language. It's a lot of just jerking motions, but he does do a lot of talking. <laughs> Natural disasters after SummerSlam. We were the World Oops. Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions. First class, I might add. Oh, we already heard this promo. And that goes double for you, Ellery. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quiet. Wayne Bloom speaking. Get your pens out right now and make two marks in the lost column. Because we're going to beat you at SummerSlam and we're going to beat you in return. We're going to wear the gold and the glory for a long time. Beverly- oh, a three. Uh, okay, it's a three spot event center. So we get John and Fred. They missed the perfect opportunity when they said we're gonna we're gonna wear the glory, because then they could then Manny, Lanny could have gone and I'll be at the glory hole later on today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, I don't know about that. All right, let's. <laughs> I know no one ever said that Lanny Poffo was gay. He just blew himself. <laughs> yeah, he, he he was only self gay. Come on, huh? <laughs> I don't know what that means. He was a bakala man. He wasn't into sushi. I really, I really hope on, this isn't the, I really hope this isn't the same natural disasters promo because uh, I, I want to hear I want to hear new things from John and Fred. All right, well let's see where we're at. But they, they look serious right now. Brothers, the chance of your lifetime. Genius, the chance of your lifetime. Get your boys pumped up because when we beat them, this we don't different. want any excuses. That's right, boys. You're not going shopping on Rodeo Drive. You're not taking a cruise in Gucci's or Rodeo Drive. Who's got, not many people go shopping on Rodeo Drive there, <laughs> Apparently, uh, Fred just got back from Jackson, Wyoming in the uh, rodeo. <laughs> rodeo Drive. That's fantastic. Rodeo Drive. <laughs> I think uh, I think Fred Ottman, is the, he looks like the kind of guy who really enjoys the mutton busting uh, portion <laughs> of the rodeo. I, I, I don't know. I can, I can kind of tell just looking at somebody. <laughs> By the way. Busting. Another person who enjoys the mutton bust in uh, part of the rodeo, uh, me, <laughs> very much so. In both like rodeos that, that I went rodeo. to, I've been to I've two ro- been to- I have been to two rodeos in the state of Wyoming alone. <laughs> two rodeos. Yeah, try that one on. Yeah, <laughs> try like that on the side. Typhoon's got his arm around uh, earthquake. That's togetherness. And it Good. and it kind of fits, like you know. I mean, being yeah. a big guy, I know, like, sometimes you can't get it. Well, you know what it is? I think Fred's a little taller than uh, than than John, maybe. Oh, so oh, so you think, well, eh, it's hard to tell. Because I, I think John's taller because he's bald. You can see the top of his head. And I think, I think Typhoon has got the poofy hair to make himself look taller. Maybe. Hmm. 
Cartiers. They're coming after the tag team belts. And let me tell you something. You better be prepared because the only thing that you can expect from the natural disasters is the unexpected. Natural disasters determined to arrive and leave the tag team champions Friday night, September 11th. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. Mooney's checked out, so he, he's not going to bring it with every reaction shot. Yeah. Yeah. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. IcoPro Professional Bodybuilding Program. Build the body you want. To order, call 1-800-634-1010. IcoPro, you got to... <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, the the promotional consideration in the middle of the show and at the end of the show really throws me off. And they're not as good anymore because they don't have the Hogan vitamin ad. That was the no. that was the gold standard of the promotional considerations. You do Integrin commercials instead of Tough Atkinson acting. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know what that means by now. Yeah, the Eagles are into their encore set. I I will say, I listen to this so many times in the morning while I'm at work, this theme song. This just theme song gets pumped. Hmm. You know, I haven't had a good hootenanny where I just listen to theme songs over and over again. You really should. Well, since I haven't, since I'll have uh, three nights in a Southwest Connecticut hotel room, hey, maybe I'll do that one of the three nights. Mm-hmm. Just, just sit there and listen to tight tugboats theme over and over again. Absolutely, nothing wrong with that. And anybody that says otherwise needs to get out of here. Very impressed with himself. This is three straight weeks of Razor on, on Superstars. Well, I mean, he should have been on every week. I mean, that's that's really taking the push seriously is you figure, well, all right, well, did he work the challenge taping? I would imagine that he's on challenge fairly frequently around this time as well. Mm-hmm. One thing that I'm glad about is that they didn't give him a manager. No. Because his character, he didn't need a mouthpiece. Char- the character doesn't even make sense with with a manager because he seems to be such like a, you know, I take what I want, and it's not like he has to outsource getting what he wants to friggin' Jimmy Hart. I mean, although I, there is one person I could see managing him, and that would have been like 1989 Slick. <clears throat> really? Because I, yeah, why? I, I see Razor as like a Heenan 86 guy. Mm. Like, you put him where you put him with Heenan and boom, he's immediately challenging Hogan for the world title as like a credible challenger. And, and, and then eventually works his way back down. Now, of course, that was pretty much the Hercules career path when he, when he went with Heenan is yeah. he's challenging Hogan on house shows in the Saturday Night's main event and is on his way down. But... Here, I mean, there was no managers, as we've talked about. I mean, there's Whippleman, which is, he's like a fucking novelty manager at this point. Mm-hmm. So, and and yeah, the, his interviews are good enough. It's like, if you had a manager talking, you'd be like, you know, shut the fuck up. I want to hear the manager. I, I want to hear Razor talk, I mean. If, if, he was, if he was a Bobby Heen in 1986 and he was in the Hercules role... Do you think that he would have eventually been a uh, another member of the Mega Powers? 
Hmm. Uh, I don't really see him fit, fitting in with that crew, but I definitely could see him doing, like, the turn on the Heenan family the way that, like, Orndorff did. That's really funny that you say I don't see him fitting in with that crew, considering he was in that crew in WCW. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jimmy. I, I, don't, I don't count that. <laughs> that was just a stable that was built on... All right, let's just herd all the ex-WWF guys into this one group. I mean, that, that was the whole suppose. Oh, my God. All right, Vince just suddenly threw it to Bruce Hart, and I had to hit pause. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> At least he's Buckle outside, up, though. At least he's outside. Buckle up, folks. He's in front of a fucking ring. Get this fucking guy out of here. Well, well let's, let's just assume that there are no flesh-eating viruses in that ring. Oh. And I know, uh, I know that was that was that was a real cheap shot, uh, but I won't edit it out. Yeah, uh, Bruce wearing the British Bulldog shirt. I mean, like, is this his normal everyday attire? <laughs> I guess we know who Bruce supports. I mean, they do say people are losers if they're wearing wrestling shirts and not at a wrestling show. And there is Bruce Hart wearing a wrestling shirt, not at a wrestling show. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, and I, I probably just offended you because you're like you're like, hey, I wore my unit shirt to work today. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, let's let's get this over with. Oh, you want to get it over with? <clears throat> <laughs> Fucking Bruce Hart. <laughs> I'm bringing back a classic. Yeah. Try to try to carry over that. Uh, bring back that bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> although although I know that Brandon from New Jersey uh, specifically asked me to do football picks so that I would play the uh, the, 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 the oh, NFL yeah. music again. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, do, I do miss that, yes. All right. Should I put it at half speed to make it last longer here? Oh, come on. Just let's hear what. Let's hear what fucking Eli Manning has to say. <laughs> the guy, the guy, uh, no, it's uh, Larry Appleton's cousin who hangs around outside in the extended Perfect Strangers intro. <laughs> Brett's my brother. I respect him tremendously for what he's achieved in the ring. <laughs> the Chiron is great. It's Bruce Hart. Brett Hart's brother. It's like, yep, that is an accurate Chiron for Bruce Hart. I mean, I mean all I... Every time I think of Bruce Hart, which thankfully is not that often, I just reminded of the fact that he pitched to Vince and Brett, hey, let's do a thing where I come in and I feud with you. And Brett goes, nah, I'm all right. Why don't we do it with Owen instead? <laughs> he does it with Owen instead. It's the greatest. That's a no-no. And it's probably fucking Brett Hart's like second best feud in the company. And Brett is relieved because it's like even even mm. he doesn't want even he doesn't want to hang out with Bruce. I mean, uh, this the, uh, this isn't so this good. Isn't, it's but so he we, but he weaseled his way onto TV here. Like they're like, all right, we got to find. I, I mean, is it, is it possible that Vince was doing? Vince brought him on and as a rib to freaking Brett. <laughs> 
Well, I think he took a look at the lineup here, and he's like, well, Stu is not capable of putting three words together. <laughs> I mean, Helen's had more talk time than Ric Flair the last couple of weeks, so uh, may- maybe ease up there. We had oh. Diana Hart in her 16 Candles promo last week. <laughs> That's, so uh, That's so funny. All right, all right, all right let's... He's been a great Intercontinental Champion, and he's held the World Tag Team belts on occasion. So I'm proud of you, Brett, and I respect what you've achieved. I kind of get (laughs) sick of everything always pertaining and revolving around Brett's achievements. Brett this, Brett that. Hey, Davey Boy's a great wrestler in his own right. And if anything, I think the factor that might come to play more than Brett realizes when they step into the ring in Wembley is the ego or the overconfidence factor. Yeah, Brett, you're a hell of a wrestler, but when your head's this big, sometimes you can't do your best. But, like, <laughs> what, what the fuck is that? Like, uh, why is he fucking, why is he bur- burying Brett? Bruce Hart oh, like, telling somebody their ego is too big. I mean, good Lord. you know, it's that classic projection thing. You accuse the other side of which you are guilty of. That That is Bruce yeah. Hart right there. I mean, he, but he's burying Brett. Like, what did Brett ever do to you? I mean, <laughs> maybe, well, he hasn't. No, it hadn't come up yet. This wasn't the first. It, he hadn't had a chance to pitch the that yet. Oh, well, he, well, here's the thing is, Bruce is seven and a half years older than Brett. Yeah. So I think that he's probably a little bit resentful and looking and seeing, oh, yeah, my younger brother way, way eclipsed me. And then, you know, Owen, who's even like seven years younger than that, uh, mm. way, way eclipses anything that Bruce Hart accomplished. I mean, he had his moments in Stampede. He was tag champions with uh, with Pillman. I mean, you know, he's not a complete zero, but holy God, delusions of, if anybody, delusions of grandeur in, in wrestling it, history. It would have been funnier if Bruce was the one, if like Bruce got eliminated at Survivor Series 93, and yet Owen still argued with Brett. I, I would have, <laughs> I, I would have loved, I would have rather they had Corey Hart uh, talk about this. And the, and the one similarity is they both wear their sunglasses at night. I know he's wearing his sunglasses. I this oh god, that family is so fucking stupid. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. Well, <laughs> moving on. Here's one <laughs> Well, we have Brett. Oh, here he is. Yeah. Well, it makes sense that you'd play the Bruce uh, thing, and then it's Brett versus Richie Rich. Well, we already you know, saw Brett, Brett with the Papa Shango bit. You know, Brett, your ego is going <laughs> to write checks that your body can't cash <laughs> at the SummerSlam. Yeah. I don't know. I'm feeling very very into Bret Hart, having been just in Canada. Oh, you think that'll happen to me? Can I go to the Molson Center and, like, lay a wreath? <laughs> lay a wreath? Oh, what, for uh, P.K. Subban's retirement today? Sure, why not? Yeah, I was thinking more of the screw job, but you know. Oh, yeah, that's right. That did happen there, didn't it? <laughs> Montreal, there. Montreal, whatever happened there? Yeah. Whatever happened there? Well, 
I've uh, oh no wait no I never went I never went to that arena in Kansas City where where Owen died because that was that was oh, the geez. that was that was the old arena in Kansas City. Yeah, I don't. Well, come on, we're not gonna come on. You're not going. On, we're not gonna I, talk about that. I recommend I recommend going to Kansas City. Oh. Come on, huh? Yeah, I mean it's a night. Nice, Kansas City barbecue is excellent. I, I'd rank it up there with with anywhere. Hmm. I'm just saying it's all. It's just that I've been to Kansas City now twice, so it's like, all right, well, you know, I've never been to New Orleans. I've never been to San Diego. It's like I'd rather go to those places, says the guy who has now gone to 13 Orioles-Blue Jays games just in Toronto in the last uh, seven or eight years. (laughs) Mm. Oh. Oh, my God. Now we get an Owen promo. Okay. (laughs) Don't listen to my asshole brother. You want to listen to me? I'm on. <laughs> Most important match a- for our family at SummerSlam is for the Intercontinental Belt between my brother Brett and my brother-in-law, the British Bulldog. The families are divided, but I'm picking you, Brett. Good luck. See, Owen stood by his brother. It's really interesting considering that he ended up having a very successful tag team with his brother-in-law, British Bulldog. Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to say Neidhart, because that would also apply, but then again, the new foundation wasn't exactly successful. No. Oh, there he is. And this is uh, by far Bret Hart's most high-profile feud with a man with a smoking skull, (laughs) or a uh, skull of some kind. (laughs) Fuck, I I forgot that it was the... the, the, Wait, was it the smoking skull belt or the broken skull belt? The smoking skull belt. But he wasn't the champion. (laughs) Well, yeah, he wasn't. Although I'm sure if if Brett had hung around and they didn't do what they did, it's probably Austin Brett at 14. And I think that would have been a lot better, to be honest. Well, I wonder how those Brett-Austin matches, I mean, uh, the, the ones in late 96 Survivor Series, WrestleMania, those are great, but yeah. those guys never had a one-on-one match after Austin got hurt, when Austin had to start doing a different style, more brawling. Now, right. Brett can do brawling, but it almost feels it almost feels wasteful to have somebody who is as good as Brett as a technician and to have a match that's just a complete brawl. Mm-hmm. But he could still do it. I, I'm just wondering, like, how those matches would have gone. And the answer is, better than anything Shawn Michaels could do. <laughs> and there's, there's the Shawn Michaels Cheap Shot of the Week, brought to you by Carvana. They sell cars. I don't know what this slogan is. Sorry. <laughs> All right, SummerSlam update. Let's see who we're, who we're going to get. We're going to get promos from the British Bulldog, Kamala, and then Undertaker. So, not not exactly the uh, greatest crew here. And no. Gene's in front of Big Ben again. Big Ben. Parliament. And it, it's not Roethlisberger. Stadium, oh, he's wearing his fucking target tie again. <laughs> I like how Oakland has had three different he's had three different ties on over the course of the show. One for yes. the update segment, one for the Jimmy Hart hassling him in the back, and now and now this. 
The number one contender, not the Honky Tonk Man. No. You kept sending me pictures of that Hogan Honky Tonk Man match from 89. I was excited. I just got really excited. <laughs> Very excited. I don't know why I got so excited, but I did. You love Honky. He's one of your, He's one of the greats. No, take it easy. Didn't your dad love Honky Tonk Man? Honky was my dad's favorite wrestler because he, he loved the gimmick. <laughs> He like my dad wasn't offended that the guy was doing like a an Elvis imitation. I mean, he he loved it. He loved that yeah. it was acknowledged. Yeah. All right, bulldog. Uh. <laughs> you know, it's real quick. It's funny. It's funny that you said he never fought. Brett never fought Austin after his accident. You're absolutely right. Their last match. Oh no, they had they had two matches, like two multi tag matches in November. November 7th and November 8th of 97. It was Mankind, Steve Austin, The Undertaker against Brett, Jim, and The Bulldog. Oh, okay. So, like, and, and I would assume that Austin didn't work very much in those matches because Probably not, he, yeah. di- he didn't even have he didn't have matches on TV until Survivor, the Survivor Series. Series pay-per-view and even that, yeah. that, even that and then the DX show a month later was mostly Smoke and Mirrors. Mm. And but yeah, man. They there's wrestled a, all over the place before that. There's always the thing about, well, Brett was willing to drop the title to Austin the day before Survivor Series rather than losing it to Sean. But I can understand why Vince was like, yeah, that's that that's not going to work for me. That's a no-go. Because he's waiting for, uh, he, he wants to have that Austin moment on the biggest possible stage, sure. which I, I complain about a lot, how they, they, they defer booking on shit to try to get it on WrestleMania. And sometimes they miss their best spot for it. But in mm-hmm. Austin's case, they had to give him time to heal. And then also juicing it up a little bit with the, uh, Mike Tyson thing certainly. Yeah. So anyway, the British bulldog who apparently has gotten his rental car back, <laughs> <laughs> he'll be well, he'll be driving it the three hour three and a half hours from Leeds to, to Wembley. Well, oh wait, no, he, he can't drive because he's high on crack right now. Yeah, he's on crack. He Bulldog's thinking he's gonna drive from New York to London. I'm hoping that the uh <laughs> I'm hoping that the promo is at least somewhat coherent here. Okay. Well, let's see where we're at. Brett, the hitman her, the excellence of execution. You're looking at your own brother-in-law right now. And you're going to be facing your own brother-in-law in Wembley Stadium for the Intercontinental Championship match in front of 83,000 people. But we've got one problem, Brett. We've got a family who can't decide which side to take, your side or my side. So let's leave this between me and you and leave the families out of it, Brett, because I'm coming to SummerSlam and I'm coming to win. Five fucking families, and we got this pygmy thing over in Jersey, England. Over in Leeds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. oh, oh, yes. For the fourth consecutive week, we have the delightful uh, natural disasters tent his hand on uh, gent- gently pressed against Fred Ottman's uh, bicep. Mm, hello, Fred. 
Oh my, more action, more titles at SummerSlam. World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions, The Natural Disasters, Earthquake and Typhoon, defend against the Beverly Brothers. Hooray for fat guy smiles. <laughs> Undertaker versus Kamala, because we needed something for these guys to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're, we're getting the whatever happened there with Kamala running into Taker. And the Undertaker on their way to the ring when Kamala started to pass by. You talk about stairs and glares. Who knows what's going to happen when the jungle meets the graveyard? <laughs> okay. Oh, God. We go right into a Kamala promo. You wanted to get in our face, didn't you? Well, you got your wish. And now, one week away, <laughs> Wembley Stadium is going to see the biggest funeral in history. But Undertaker, you made a mistake because you got in Kamala's face. And now, after SummerSlam, that funeral is going to be yours. Paul Bearer made the biggest mistake of his life. He signed a match with you to take on the money. And SummerSlam is for you. I mean, I figured, why, why not just one more thing? <laughs> Up in the club. Oof. Yeah. Oh, well, all right. So take Taker will do. Yeah, we'll get we'll get something funny from Paul Bearer. He will comically turn to uh, Taker. I think Paul Bearer is the R- Richard kind of managers. Like I, I just Hi, enjoy, everybody. I just enjoy I just enjoy his work. I do. <laughs> it would have been nice if Richard Kind had been part of that angle in world class with Tojo Yamamoto back in 89. Hi, hi everybody. It's me, Richard Kind. I'm here to introduce my wrestler, the Undertaker. He's a scary guy, if you if you ask me. But I don't know. What do you think, Undertaker? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have chosen my souls. Very carefully since I came to the world. Oh, shut the fuck up. Oh, uh, that's, geez, that's scary. <laughs> wow. I'm scared. Are you scared? Make sure you check out my new movie coming out this week from Pixar. <laughs> Richard, I knew I was, when I was in Toronto on Saturday, I knew I was in a good pizzeria because they had an autographed picture of Richard Kind on the wall. I said, this, this is okay. Everything's going to be fine here. Well, what was the name of the place that you went to? It was called uh, Fourth Man in the Fire. Oh, I love that place. They make a great pepperoni pizza. <laughs> and also, it had a picture of Michael Imperioli on the oh, wall. Oh, yes. Michael <laughs> Imperioli. I know him. He's a nice guy. <laughs> like, did, did, yes, but did he eat the entire uh, large pie by himself? I did. No. <laughs> no, I believe he only had a slice. And that's because I went up to him afterwards with Larry <laughs> David. And we each had a slice afterwards. It was a lot of fun. Well, I didn't see Larry David on the wall, but I did see Alan Thick, which Alan I believe. Thick, R.I.P. <laughs> I believe that's in the Canadian Constitution that you have to have a picture of Alan Thick in your restaurant somewhere. It's like hanging the liquor license on the wall, you know. Do you know that I was in all of the Cars franchises? Do you? Know? <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to say that you had played on all of the Cars albums. <laughs> 
I didn't even oh, know no. you and Okasik were close. I didn't. Me and Okasik were really good friends back in the day. But that's all right. Is there any other questions you have for Richard Kind? I, I don't. Thank thank you very much. I, I, okay. I, <laughs> Rick well, Okasik. Rick Okasik, you should have given him a slice of that pizza. <laughs> he Jesus. was too he was too busy trying to sleep with Paulina Poroskova. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And now the Undertaker. <laughs> and Paul Bear. <laughs> and Harvey Rippleman. You made the mistake of passing us by. The next time we meet, you'll be stopped by my Undertaker. The next time you see me, you're going to have to deal with my undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. that's not that's a pretty good Richard Kind. <sighs> yeah, that I think Richard Kind could have done Paul Bearer about eighty eight percent as good as Percy. Do you know Bill, that Bill Moody Paul Rascova was in her alibi with Tom H- with, with Tom Selleck? You keep bringing her up. Why do you keep bringing her up? Well she was married to my good friend Rick Ocasek <laughs> you dear dear close personal long time friend <laughs> dear personal close he's he passed away a couple of years ago did Rick Ocasek was, di- did Rick Ocasek die yeah he died in 19 in 19 oh yeah Rick Ocasek's gone <laughs> no more cars albums wow <sighs> okay I'm it's it's kind of reminds me like an Outer Banks when when my wife uh, prematurely buried um what the fuck is his name the uh, the guy who was always on SNL in the in the seventies um uh, Simon but, uh, no it wasn't Buck Henry it was the other guy fuck oh yeah oh Rick, o- Rick Ocasek is gone age uh, age seventy five and indeed it is sad when they go young like that when they go. Buck Henry. Who was that? What? Why? Why am I drawing a blank? You know what? I'll go ahead, take Your her. Fate has already been sealed. SummerSlam. You go to rest. Don't look death in the eye again. Cheerful man. Ex-con nails beats Virgil in singles competition. Speaking. That's all we have to say about that. No, that's it. No comments. No comments. <laughs> it, it, it's going to drive me absolutely insane if I if I don't look up who who it was, and it's not Buck Henry. It was um. Somebody is shouting into their pod device, and I'm like, yeah, I know. Why why can't I remember? And I'm scrolling through, and I'm trying to find who the hell it is. And I'm I'm just completely blanking, and you're and you're no help over there either. And you said in the '80s? No, in the '70s. Not Garrett Morris. No, no, he he hosted SNL. Oh, he on 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 multiple occasions. Elliot Gould. Jesus. Elliot Gould. Yeah. Elliot Gould's dead. No, Elliot Gould's not dead. Oh, okay. I was gonna say Elliot Gould's not dead. I think I just saw him the other day. You saw him in Malden. You wanted to cram in another Malden reference. No, I saw him. He was at a Jewish deli in uh, Brooklyn. The nails. 
Moments from now, you're going to see him right here in action. Woohoo! And uh, the hits just keep on coming. Yeah. Yeah. And the hits keep on coming, Mike. Yeah. Did you know that Elliot Gould was married to Barbara Streisand? I did know that, yeah. I spoke with Michael's frequent companion, Sensational Sherry. She informed me that both Michael's and the model have agreed, get this, not to hit each other in the face. Come on, boys. Don't let this one get out of hand. <laughs> I like how Oakland's like, Oakland was one step away from, hey, fun boys, get a room. Gene's uh, tan is a little bit less than last week. I think he, he he's at a good level right now. You know, and you know, in in the movie Inside Out, I had a deal with uh, Lewis Black not to hit each other in the face. <laughs> well, thank God for that, because but Bill Hader was off limit. We could punch Bill Hader in as much as we wanted to. If Lewis Black had a broken nose, the whole country would shut down. World Tour 92 available at video stores everywhere this Thursday. Oh, should we go back and watch World Tour 92? As long as it doesn't have nails on it, I'm all for it. Probably not. He was in the joint when most of those were uh, in the filmed. <laughs> oh, John Armstrong. <laughs> yeah, there he is. With there his, he, uh, oh, with there his, he, is. he looks like a cross between Lance Storm and Mike Barnes from Kid Three. Holy shit! I was just gonna say he looks like fucking Mike Barnes. Get out of here! What is? What are you doing? Get out of my head! Well, I'm not gonna say anything more about Mike Barnes because until the uh, the spoiler period has expired. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, look at this! Nails went from choking him in one corner to choking him in another corner. That's good to know. Danny Davis needs to. Get some control in there. Hey, he's not some spot monkey, Nails. This guy knows how to work a squash match. This is ridiculous with his with his Randy Orton-esque kick. Actually, Nails kind of works a squash match the way I would work a squash match playing WrestleMania 2000. Sure. <laughs> All chokes and kicks. What do you think Nails' finishing maneuver was? <laughs> what, <Joke>. in... Uh... <laughs> No, just a choke. Do you yeah. think anybody's made? Do you think anybody's created a wrestler made nails? Um, <laughs> like in any of the, in any oh, like yeah. the WWE two Ks? Oh yeah. You think so? Yeah, because I mean, somebody always likes the uh, you know the the bottom feeding stuff like this. You know, it's a diverse world out there. I'm not saying um, that there are any nail super fans or anything. You know, who are hanging, you know, the nail centerfold from the WWF magazine on their wall. But uh, I will say that my one of my favorite things is Kevin Wolkowitz's uh, Wikipedia page picture. <laughs> mm hmm. So if you want to go look at it, you can. Oh, OK. It's, it's so bad. <laughs> Kevin Wachholz Wikipedia. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Look at this picture. Ah! Oh, when he was uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Wonderful. What the fuck? Oh, excuse me. The Mr. Magnificent Kevin Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> He's pretty fucking Jack there. Oh, look at his fucking the, the perfect tan and the freaking blonde locks. <laughs> yeah. Another another one of those Minnesota guys. Cool. Mm -hmm. 
All right, let's let's get to the end of this fucking nails match. And somebody did create nails in WWE, at least WWE 2K20. Oh, for sure. Yes. Somebody made Boss Man versus Nails at Extreme Rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is where you would have to have to have yeah. that. Yeah. All right, I see we're getting an inset promo from Virgil. Oh, good. Will Virgil now, men- mention a uh, popular song of the time yes. period? Yes, he's going to oh, say "Mama Knock You Out." Uh, you, uh, I think he'll veer off that. He might do like. All right, wait, uh, well, hold on a minute. Wait. Um, okay, it's the summer of two thousand. I mean, of nineteen ninety-two. See, you, your mind is already on SummerSlam two thousand, like because we talked about it too much earlier. Okay, I'm going to say that Virgil mentions. He says something about nails is about to come to the end of the road, at or, and 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 he's going to save the best for last at SummerSlam. I think he's going to reference "Baby Baby" by uh, uh, Amy Grant. He's going to sing a few buzz. <laughs> okay. Nails at SummerSlam. I have one thing to say to you. One thing only. Do on the nails before nails do on the me. Because nails, check this out, man. I am too legit to quit. Ah! Ah! He did. Yeah. I mean, it's a couple years old at that point. Actually, I should check check to see how old that song actually is. It was 1990, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, September 5th, 1991. So not as old as I thought it was. So about a year. All right, Verge. You won this round. This hasn't been the best show for me, getting outwitted by both Virgil and Sean Mooney. Mm. Was too legit to quit still in the top 100? I would imagine not by that point, a full year later. I mean, I know that it's a choke, but how is what he's doing different than uh, Beefcake Sleeper? Well, because Beefcake, the, do we really want me to go through the science of a sleeper hold now? <laughs> oh, do you really think that Beefcake was carefully uh, carefully hitting the carotid artery or whatever? Brutus the Bob of Man. Mm-hmm. I, got to, I got to watch Beefcake the other day on... Uh, I watched that Saturday Night's Main event that's got that great Savage Beefcake match. Oh, I thought you said you watched him play cards and he came back to your house and played with your brother Brian. No, but I wonder if I could. I wonder if on if I was on if I did a cameo with Beefcake, and I said to him like, "Hey, if you're ever in the Boston area, do you want to come play cards with me?" If he would, I mean, I do have a personal no. connection with him. No, you you'd have trouble getting him out of the house. Oh, look, the best part is that the the enhancement guy is wearing Beefcake esque tights. Sure, as well, and, and, and I see and the look- un. The unmistakable mop of hair mm-hmm. <laughs> from the great Rene Goulet. They're fucking agents, Frankie. Look at this. <laughs> uh, they brought out the stretcher for him. Rather yeah. than try to get nails to stop, they're like, all right, let's let him run its course, and then we'll roll him onto a stretcher. Seems like they're just going to let him choke him out on the actual yeah. stretcher, which is kind of very Sid-esque. Everybody's very much afraid of that nightstick. Well, they certainly made his hair look as shitty as possible, as I've pointed out numerous times. They could just get an equalizer, like a chair. Perhaps that is, another nightstick. 
Well, I don't think you, know? you want Tim White swinging chairs. You know, it kind of diminishes the other talent. You know what we needed at this time? We needed Dusty Rhodes to come down with his nightstick. <laughs> Rap sheet on the ex-convict nails continues to grow here in the World Wrestling Federation. Well, according <laughs> to The Undertaker, it is time for Rick Flair to pick yeah. for his... All right. Oh, all right. Need one -on -one Friday night so, yeah, Undertaker and Flair at MSG, a very interesting match, and a another pay-per-view match of the 2000s that yes. we're, getting, we're getting a free preview. Oh, did you understand Ric Flair's fighting my Undertaker at Madison Square Garden? <laughs> There's Dick Kind again with uh, with Undertaker. Hey, everybody. Look, it's the Undertaker. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> oh, Ric Flair. It excites me to think about you. It excites me to think about your perfect funeral. You laid out in your robe, your beautiful blonde hair, all perfect. Speaking of perfect, you'll be in the other casket. Gentlemen, you enter this match defeated. You come to beat me. I come to take your souls. Perfect. Flair. Rest in peace. You know. Okay, good. We are going to get a responsorial psalm. Good. Whew. Yeah, if we, if we didn't hear from Flair and, and if we got like another Kamala promo or some shit, I, I would I would have lost it. Yeah. Because. <laughs> I can I cannot abide having a week of superstars without the Ric Flair event center promo. This is one of the highlights of my week. Seriously. No slick Rick up to this time. Nobody's been able to hurt the Undertaker. Nobody's been able to beat the Undertaker. But Undertaker, you've never had to deal with a man with this much talent. He goes like this, big man. They say you're the most awesome force in the WWF. Well, look at it like this. You got Paul Bear holding Earn. I've got Mr. Perfect with two live blondes. That's the difference. We move. We style a profile. You're a robot. You work on command. And in this case, pal, bingo. The big man rises up and the dead man goes down the aisle. Woo! Mr. Perfect alongside Ric Flair, who plans to give The Undertaker an express ticket to the great beyond. <laughs> or he's going to send oh, him into space? Yeah. That's very nice of him. Those tickets he's are really fucking walk expensive. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, no, another great... I don't think that was a repeat or anything. No. Yeah. No, I think that was the first time we saw Flair and Undertaker promo, right? No, we, we had one last week. But I don't think I don't think I don't think this was the same thing. But good stuff. They need one on one yeah. on Friday night, September 11th. Also at the Garden, it is the natural. Well, I mean, we're we're not getting anything new here because there's been no there's there's no substitutions on that card. So what we're seeing is what happened. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Brett and Papa Shango, which we're set, setting up lightly on TV. Yeah. I mean, as I said, only 9,000, but boy, with the benefit of hindsight, that feels like a very interesting show. 
It's a that's like a pay per view level card. Yeah. You want my opinion? Hmm. Well, MSG, it is the New York Territory and all. Mm-hmm. The Wiz, it's the cool way to head back to school. It's a backpack and more. The Wiz is your personal locker that holds everything and keeps you organized. In hot well, colors and wild the prints, the Wiz gets your stuff together in style. So get the Wiz. Can I um, can I ask you a modern product question? Because sure. I, I, I have not watched Raw very much recently in the last couple of weeks. Okay. Your thoughts on the Dexter Loomis Miz thing? Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, it's interesting that they're sticking with Dexter Loomis doing the same thing he did in, in NXT. So I'm okay with it, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of, yeah, it's weird. It's kind of weird for me, you know, I I wish there was, I wish there was a little bit something more. I, you know, in just a little bit that I've seen, it, it feels like it's gone on for a little bit here. And I'm just, I, I just appreciate that they're actually engaging in some long-term storytelling here. Mm. So, so I'm, I'm fine with it, you know, with, with how they're doing this. Now, I don't know if the payoff is going to be any good. And, and if it leads to some fucking Bray Wyatt bullshit, I, I, I'm going I'm to go off. There's, there's going to be a Oriole Sunday punt lineup level of rant coming from, no, from me. I think, I think that, no, I think the Bray Wyatt thing is that, uh, What's the th- white rabbit thing that they're doing? But oh. I think that's going to be. I think he's going to be on SmackDown. I don't think it's. I don't think Bray Wyatt's going to have anything to do with Dexter Loomis. I hope not. You know. No. Oh. But a- a- anytime you have a chance to bring bring in a guy who's shitty in ring and also shitty on promos because he's long winded and makes no fucking yes. sense, y- you always got to bring that guy back. Yeah. Yes. Correct. I love how the, the thing is the big picture of Hogan for the WrestleMania games. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yes, Savage, you're the world champion, but you're not the real star here. Why, why does he have to be cucked always? I don't like it. Always. Oh, wait, Pete. Yes. Pete, I think... Oh, okay, go ahead. Let's finish this up. Uh, yeah. Each other in the main event, the ultimate warrior and the macho man Randy Savage are forced to join together as a tag team to square off against the Nasty Boys this Sunday night. Comments now from the Nasty Boys. Oh, oh good, a Nasty Boys promo. I know you love those. <laughs> I knew you'd like it. Jimmy did it, baby! Jimmy did it! This Sunday night, Ultimate Warrior and Muscle Man Randy Savage taking on the Nasty Boys. Warrior, you barely escaping your life after your first dose of Nasty Sensation. Muscle Man Randy Savage, it's your turn to go to Nastyville. Hey, a dream come true! The two top dogs of the WWF going against these two cats right here! You're going down and we're gonna Nasty Sasha! What? Where, where's Jimmy? Jimmy wasn't there. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jimmy wasn't there. Yeah. Like, okay. Oh, he's turning on another tag team. Mm, what a fucking surprise! And then he's gonna say, you know, nasty boys. We know everything about you. <laughs> yeah. You know. You know what? Recently, I've been watching uh, some September '88. 
uh, it, yeah. episodes of Superstars. When I, when I was laid up with COVID and had to isolate, I, I was watching that. And what's going on at that point? Jimmy Hart joining up with the Rougeaus and telling the Hearts that he knows all their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, it never changes, does it? Nope. Which corner for Mr. Perfect, the graphic says? The, the winner's corner. It kind of it kind of makes it seem like which corner is he going to be in for the uh, tag match that we just talked about. This is going to be a real interesting matchup. So join us indeed for the tag team matchup. The ultimate warrior, the macho man, Randy Savage, face the nasty boys this Sunday night. And next week here on WWF Superstars, we will have highlights of that extraordinary tag team matchup. Oh, oh boy. We're going to get two weeks of uh, that match. So, uh, Pete, I have uh, I do have a I do have a breaking news interview if you if you want. Ooh, hold, hold, hold on. We, we have an effect for that, you know. We do. We, we we do have a breaking news effect. Okay. That we all know and love. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, do I have you on the phone? Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hello. Hello, Pete. Oh. Pete, hey. are you there? Yes. Now. Yes. Hello, Pete. I wanted to call in. Um, I wanted to tell you that I was, um, in England, uh, for the for the for the funeral of the Queen of Queen of Her Majesty Queen. Elizabeth II. Yes. And um, it was a wonderful, it was, a, even though it was a sad and tragic affair, it was still a wonderful ceremony altogether. I was very pleased. Um, I was even more pleased at the evening's uh, festivities as well. Um, I meant, I ended up meeting up with a few, um, uh, how you say, ladies of the evening. <laughs> and um, one of the ladies gave me what's known as a Queen Elizabeth. Oh. And if you don't, do you know what a it's Queen not... Elizabeth is? No, but I'm dying to know. A Queen Elizabeth is when you leave a smelly or sloppy piece of shit in someone else's toilet and do not flush on purpose. So <laughs> that was always something wonderful that I liked. Um, however, the next day, I ended up getting a British pound. Do you know what a British pound is? Uh, isn't that the, the currency that they have? or Well, is it, it some... is because they're no longer on the euro, but the British pound is also where a British man gives an extreme anal tearing with the British pound on the tip. So, oh. yes, I had that as well. It was it was a wonderful, rollicking good time over in bloody old England, yes. Well, th- thank you, Lord Al. I, th- I think you might have been addled from waiting in the Queen's queue because uh, the Brits never had the euro, but... Uh... Thank you, thank you for checking in. I uh, it's it's always a pleasure. Oh, yeah, very good. Good touch off for now. The pleasure is all on this side of the ocean. All right. Wow, that was interesting. Did you get that? (laughs) Yeah, I I I did. And uh, Lord Al seems a little out of sorts at times, but you know what? When you've been dead for seventeen years, things things get a little bit harder, you know, to, to do. Yes. You know, Undertaker get a little. Undertaker's not the only undead zombie on this show. No, and and you know what a wooden onesie is? That's a, a term that are no a wooden onesie. It's a term that originated in Ireland. It's a coffin. So he was the the the, the we were looking at the Queen's wooden onesie earlier this week. <laughs> I thought you were going in a different direction. <laughs> sure you did. Yeah. Every once in a while, I like to throw a curveball at you. Mm. We got down, we got up, we got funky, and we got bad. 
sure did. Well, we, we've certainly made uh, enough sport of the queen. Um, sport of the queen. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Charles has now uh, passed, so he's no longer the shortest reigning monarch. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. I'd have to. I, I'd have to go through and look that. I'm sure there's like some kind of an Alfred or somebody, you know, somebody the great that, that only lasted like 35 seconds. I don't know. Well, well, I, I, I know that I know that Duggan's illegitimate reign was, was only like three months or so. So, I, I mean, again, it was illegitimate. So, you know. Yeah. Can't yeah. Count it. Yeah, you can't count. You can't count those anti popes either. Nope. Nope. Uh, in, in in Catholic history, yeah, disgrazia. That's what I think. Wow, a Methuselah rookie card. All right, <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite Flanders kids jokes. Yeah, yeah. Also, the fact that they didn't know that there was sugar in Pixie sticks. <laughs> I, I, I like that as well. Yes, but but yeah, we we got this show. So you're you're going to Canada. I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I am why, a friend why, of mine. Yeah, go ahead. Well, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Why? Yeah. I was just I was just to say, you're going to Mon- I was in Toronto, and, mm-hmm. and you're, you'll be in Montreal for... I will. A friend of mine is getting married up in Montreal, so I will be going up there on Saturday with a friend of mine, and uh, we are going to go and uh, hopefully visit some establishments <clears throat> and, um, you know, maybe see if uh, I can find some new dancers, uh, some new Nitro girls. And then uh, after that, we're gonna go down and go catching a. Yeah, we're gonna go catch a little bit of a uh, a wedding, you know, and have some have some merriment. Do you, Do you ever go to weddings in this country, or are you exclusively overseas weddings? Or at out this of point country? now, at this point, it's usually out of the country. You know, I I I think I'm done with weddings, but you know, in 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 the United States, I I usually tell people I only accept invitations if it's abroad. <laughs> Oh, so it's either got to have one woman getting married or two women getting married. True. Oh. <laughs> that one that one fell a little flat. <laughs> not not at all. It's my show, so I'll I'll play I'll play my drops when uh when my when show. I when it's my show and I'll play the drops when I want to play them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sometimes they don't come up when I want them to come up, but Damn sometimes, it. sometimes I'm able to vamp, and then hopefully, at some point, somebody will weigh in with what I wanted them to say at a point when I clicked a button about what. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. So, uh, so again, we're gonna we're gonna abide by the no Cobra Kai spoilers thing. Sure. Well, there's probably a better way of putting that, and at, at some point. Uh, he will, he will get around to that admonishment before I do start discussing certain plot elements of season five. What the fuck? Why is it taking so long? Come on. No, I'm talking. <laughs> there we Sorry. go. Jesus. It's okay. Wow. A little hot. Well, there. the good thing is once we start talking, you know, you can talk to me because I've seen the show already. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is good. I mean, I've, I haven't put like anything on on Twitter or anything, no. but uh, yeah, because I'm, I'm very very much want to abide by uh, the rules yes. of decent society. Yes, <laughs> we live in a society. <laughs> a sentence boy is younger than you to the gas chamber. Didn't want to do it. Felt I owed it to that. 
What what a great what a great heel Judge Smales was. He was like he was like Jake Roberts on a psychology level. You'll get nothing and like it. <laughs> the one thing though about Judge Smales and Caddyshack, and then, and then mm. we gotta wrap this up, but one thing? Um no, no, when he's arguing with uh Spaulding, not when they're at the snack, but earlier at the mm-hmm. snack stand. But early when he's like, get dressed, you're playing golf today. No, I'm not, Grandpa. I'm playing tennis. You're playing golf, and you're going to like it. What about my asthma? It's like, wouldn't tennis be worse for your asthma? <laughs> like, I, I never got that. And then I remembered, Judge oh, yeah, every, everybody who wrote Caddyshack was on drugs at the time. So Everybody, yes. It really doesn't make – it makes about as much sense – is doing a Richard Kind bit for 15 minutes of a wrestling podcast about 1992. How dare you in my own house? <laughs> All right. How well, dare but... you in my own house? <laughs> oh, Richard Kind is Uncle Junior. That would that would have been. Uh... <laughs> what kind of that? That, that would have been something special. Although I, I would like to see a courtroom sketch of Richard Kind. You know what would be great, though, is if he was, because Richard Kind is on Curb, so it would have been really funny when they were watching that episode of Curb if Richard Kind was on. Why Why am I on the television right now, Bobby? <laughs> That's Bobby. What the fuck is this? <laughs> All right. All righty. Well, Thank you, Pete. Yeah. So, so tonight, tonight's Orioles game is at the bottom of the ninth inning, and uh, Jorge Mateo made a great catch to end the top of the ninth. And guess what? The man who made the great defensive play is leading off the ninth inning. How often ah. does that happen? And the answer is approximately one time out of every nine. <laughs> All right. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. All right. Well, th- thank you again for joining me. And uh, do, do you have do you have your plugs? You're on fl- your flounder eight two four on Twitter. But do you have any? Because I know you're now the Dr. Joyce Brothers of of the rest of the podcast circuit. Uh, I, nothing as of yet, but I will be, I'll, I'll, I'll come up. I got to find out when these things actually air before I start okay. announcing uh, them. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yes, of course. And I'm on Twitter at GFAllentownPod and you can email GriggsValentineGmail.com. And my screen's going haywire here. So I'm glad we're getting out now while <laughs> we, uh, yeah. So anyway. Tune in next time for another exciting edition GFA Live. Good night, everybody. It's Richard Kind saying good night. Turn that off.